0: The movement. The movement. The movement. Yeah. The movement. The movement of color podcast. Hey gang. Hello. Episode six. Today we talk about. Whether you are a Democratic Socialist or a Social Democrat, does it even matter? Well, we think it does. The of color. Also, we're going to talk about some of our favorite labor songs. Of color. The Guess which one it is. Of m- My name is Brandon Peyton Carrillo, and I think we should start. Hey, Byron. Yeah. I have a gripe for you. Ooh, this, this is going to be good. Yeah, yeah, it's it irritates me. So, I have a friend who I love dearly. He's an amazing person. But he uses social democrat and democratic socialist or interchangeably as if they were the same thing. And then he uses social democrat as a pejorative. Now, I'm not trying to put anybody down by saying if they consider themselves a social democrat, fine, cool. I think that's a little bit like, you know, you would plan on making love and you're only going to second base and you make a hard stop there. But it really irritates me to conflate the two as the same thing or use it interchangeably. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, because like... I I consider I I like happily consider myself an ideal um, ideology penance. Uh, Like I get very very angry when people don't use uh, the words that have meaning that have historical meaning correctly. Um, It's actually part of the reason why like I kind of like part of me really doesn't like Bernie Sanders because he used that term democratic socialist as if it was like a replacement for social democrat. Where like I would have to explain to people no those are like radically different things. Like one is like. You know, capitalism with a welfare state, which is social democracy, or uh, suck Dems as the, the internet likes to call them, um, and then there's like democratic socialism, which is like, no, we need like to collectivize the means of production. Fuck capitalism, but like, democracy, like parliamentary democracy is good though. Um, like, so that's like, like the difference, really. It's like it's like comparing, you know, it's it's like okay, so it's like comparing a motorized scooter to, like, an actual motorcycle.
0: Like, those are pretty different things. <laughs> totally, totally different things. And now, I will make a defense on Bernie Sanders, and this is why. And I think it will get deeper into my point, which kind of makes it upsetting to me about the term social Democrat. I think it's accurate that he calls himself a Democratic Socialist for this reason. He's a politician, for one. And when you are a politician and you're running for office, you have three things tops that you can run on. Anything else is not a focus. Anything else really doesn't matter because it's outside the script. And I believe how he ran is easy to say, yeah, you're a social Democrat, not a Democratic Socialist. But if I look at the history of the man, not only he was in the Young Socialist League when he was a kid, and he was a third party person. He ran as a third party person.
1: Yeah, Liberty, Liberty Union Party, which is a socialist party.
0: Exactly. In Vermont. And um, the fact that every year he's always advocating for a bill that has workplace democracy and a cooperative bank. Or I shouldn't say every year, but every couple of years. Yeah, almost every year. Yeah. Yeah. So. With all that put together, ideologically, I'm like, okay, so this guy is trying to build an alternative to capitalism by promoting cooperatives, which are anti-capitalist. He talks shit about corporations. He was a part of a socialist party, and he was also a young socialist league member. I push back on calling him a social democrat because when I last time – Last time I talked to a guy who identified himself as a a social Democrat, he was like, well, I don't do co-ops because I'm a social Democrat. And I'm like, what the fuck is your problem? (laughs) This guy, he literally, he came to the Chicago DSA and asked for an endorsement. And the question was posed to him about workplace democracy and, you know, worker co-ops and how do you stand on that? And he's like, not my thing. Oof. Yeah. Obviously, this dude, for the what he was running for, was not going to win. And I think everybody in the room were like, okay, well, you know what? I know you got the Social Democrat USA money behind you, which is a couple nickels. But... You're not going to beat the progressive Democrat who's also asking us for their endorsement. And she's actually have much more of a anti-capitalist platform than he did. So... Yeah, oh my God, you, get, you got out... The dude got outflanked
1: by a fucking uh, Democrat. Holy shit, that's hilarious.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I'm like, what, what use is your ideology? Man, I shouldn't say that because there's probably some social Democrats that are on here. But I'm going to no, You're going to get socked damn Twitter on you, dude. No. It's going to happen. All 20 of them, you know, (laughs) they're going to come after me. And that's OK, because I think, as you can see, this system of capitalism is just going to self-perpetuate. All the social um, democracies, they're being consumed by this beast because we didn't kill it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, like, yeah, like, oh, like, everyone talks about fucking uh, Norway and Sweden and, like, those Scandinavian countries, but, like, th- like those social democracies have been, like, dying ever since, like, the 80s. <laughs> like, they're actively dying. Like, ask any Swede or Norwegian, and it's like, yeah, our, so- our like, welfare state is, like, slowly being, like, eaten away. <laughs> it's not cool. By, like, by, like, Nazis and shit.
0: Yeah, by Nazis. Not even like liberals that are, you know, neoliberals, but fucking Nazis. Because it's it's just, you can't make love and only go to second base. You got to finish the job. You can't just stop halfway and say, this is fine. When you know the problem. One thing, and I I love this, the welfare state and their sense of social democracy that they created there. However... If I when I look back at at shit that they were saying back in the sixties and seventies, just stopping at yeah, now we got a welfare state, that wasn't the plan.
1: Yeah, that really wasn't. I mean that's no that I mean you're you're right. Like that was um so Sweden had an actual like democratic socialist uh prime minister, like an actual DemSoc um who wanted to like Institute a plan to like slowly transition the econ like all-, all like private property to the hands of like the unions so like syndicalism essentially um but he ended up uh not like his own party wasn't able to, like to push for this enough and then he got assassinated dude got murked
0: and there's probably a yeah, reason why he got murdered
1: yeah that's probably why like i wouldn't be surprised if like it was a bunch of like capitalists who were like oh shit like they're, like, the, the goal of the pre-World War I social, like, Social Democrat Party of Germany is actually coming true in Sweden. Like, holy shit. Like, we, this guy needs to die. Um, but, yeah, like, he, like, the dude was cool. Like, he was, like, actually really good. Um, uh, but, like, he got killed, and ever since then, like, social democracy has been on the decline in Scandinavia.
0: Um, just so people kind of know what we're talking about, what's his name?
1: Yeah, his name was uh Olaf uh, Palm, who was uh sweet was a uh, head of the Social Democratic Party from like 1965 uh, 1969 um up to like 1976. But he got he but he ended up getting a and, like he ended up uh, on his like second uh go around from like 92 to 96 to no 82 to 986. Um that's when he got killed. Okay. That, cause that's because he was pushing for all this like actual like transition from social from like capitalism to socialism like he was actually doing the dream <laughs> and and like he he got killed for it yeah he, he was like the first guy he was the first um western head of government to like visit cuba like after castro and like and was like not antagonistic towards him he was actually like very much like against the us and the ussr when it comes to like all their shitty foreign policy shit that they try to pull like, he, he, was, he was actually a really good fucking cult. Like, I, I'm, I'm an anarchist. Even I can respect him.
0: It's always a good one. So I, I always, I just hope everything goes okay with um, Mr. Corbyn in England because it seems yeah. like he's going down the same path as far as advocating for a transition away from capitalism.
1: Yeah. Um, fun fact. Uh, during, I think it was right after... Um, World War II, uh, the U.S. was like worried that um, like the le- the left wing of the Labor Party was going to take power. Um, so they were working, so like the CIA worked with MI6 and the British Army to like ready up a coup in case like the left wing won. Um, but like, but, you know, luckily for them, uh, the moderate labor politician ended up winning um, and he didn't have to coup the British government. <laughs> hmm. But like I'm not—I wouldn't be surprised if they still have those plans, like ready just in case Corbin wins. But they, but they may kill Corbin, but like you know, John arm the poor McDonald's going to like you know rearing up to the head.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's—I hope I hope that they can't find those plans because they're in some dusty cabinet, <laughs> you know, and just can't. They'll say, "Oh well, we can't find it. It wasn't digitized." And it just never happens. But I I like what they're doing there. I like that um, they work with the cooperative party because if there was a cooperative party in the U.S., I would think I would be friendly to that party. Um, But I digress. That's not where we're heading with that. But you know this guy who uses this social democrat and democratic socialists interchangeably. I shall not mention his name, but when he listens to this, <laughs> he will know who he is. Well, and, yeah, dude. <laughs> Subtweet. <laughs> yeah. He will know who, who we are speaking of because he knows it is him. And I hope this gripe will change the error, show him the error of his ways so that he can make a change. Yeah, that's ho- Hopefully. Hopefully. So that's, that's the end of my gripe. It's a good one. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I feel Look lighter.
1: D- <laughs> Definitions, Definition, pedants <patterns> unite.
0: <laughs> exactly. Here we are. Thank you, Byron. Hey, Byron, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Awesome. Well, you know what? One of my favorite labor songs is Solidarity Forever. And you know why? Why? Because it's, you know, it's like Puff Daddy in the old, you know, Battle Hymn Over the Republic, which to me, the original lyrics sucked, and turning it into a song for the working class. And I love that.
1: Yeah, that that's very much in the like 19th century tradition of just taking already popular songs and kind of making them into uh, you know socialist songs. Like you know, the the, uh, the Brits uh, did the same with um, uh, the Red Flag. Really, was, also a good song.
0: What was the original song?
1: Yeah, so it's it's a uh, kind of a conversion of the German song um, "Oh Christmas Tree." Oh. So they use like that, sound, like that, um, like sheet music, but they just switch in the lyrics for like the red flag and about like willing to die for socialism and stuff.
0: <laughs> well, obviously, you you have to be willing to die for socialism to make a badass song. Yes <laughs> but solidarity forever fortunately, there's no death
1: yes it's it's more like um uh telling your boss to fuck
0: off, which is also cool <laughs> exactly. it's super cool, and all you do you get a get your gang together or otherwise your union, and you stop the man like my favorite verse in solidarity forever is the second verse because you know it sets the stage it's like do we have anything in common with the greedy parasite and they're like no because they're trying to crush you they're trying to put you into feudalism if they kill it. so we have no choice you're like a, a rat that's been cornered by a cat you know you have no choice but to get all your fellow rats together organize and then fight back
1: yes but like um, speaking of that one verse, um, that's actually the verse that's most commonly left out when sung um, because it's like it, it really is like it's the best verse, but it's, it's always left out because it's the most radical. Like all the other ones, like that's yeah, like kind of modern business unionism, like when they want little to be a little bit more radical, when the AFL-CIO all gets together, they want to sing, um, you know, uh, Solidarity Forever, they intentionally leave that one out that's the one that like just really sets out and really brings like the the, the socialist ideology into it where it's like the capitalist and the workers have nothing in common they are actively fighting each other all the time uh so why the fuck are we like it really does bring the question not just of like why don't we get together and fight but like why don't we get together and fight and and outright end the fight so we don't need a fight anymore so like so like uh so like it becomes like the, always the, like the one that's always forgotten. It's like the forgotten verse and like only like the IWW and like the more radical, uh, like trade unions even sing it anymore.
0: You know, that's, that's fucked up. <laughs> that's the only thing I can say about that. Cause yeah. I, I love that verse. It means, yeah. It's the
1: best fucking verse.
0: Yeah. Cause everything else, you just kind of, um, you know, giving you filler. Like, okay. Yeah, of course we built the roads. Yeah, of course we work the factories. Of course, yeah, because we're workers and we're in the union, and we get together in the union so we don't get fucked. But leaving out that verse, you know, the whole song just collapses. Exactly, because the song has drama to it, and what makes you're the if you're the protagonist, which is the union, what makes a good story. You have to have an antagonist. Antagonist is the man. It's the greedy parasite. It's the company. It's the corporation. Yeah, it's the capitalist. So, question for you: Who does your favorite version of Solidarity Forever? Um, shit.
1: Um, I know all the live renditions that I've heard aren't that good because they either they start too high. Like too high of a note and they just can't do it because um, it gets like because the because as you get like to Solidarity forever onto um, the chorus like it goes like the notes even get higher um, but like I think the, the best like studio recording would probably be either Pete Seeger um, it, it would either be Pete Seeger or maybe um, sh- i I that yeah you're uh, Pete Seeger, definitely Pete Seeger
0: you know, I love Pete Seeger's version, especially with the banjo and his really intimate, like the early version. I'll, yeah. give you, I'll agree that it's the best one, but I'll give you an honorable mention. Utah Phillips, he does a, essentially an acapella version of the song. And because of his voice, which is this, this baritone, m- kind of gruff, but not overly gruff voice... Is really warm. He he nails it.
1: No, for, for a second I was I was like fearing that you were gonna mention um, shit. He did um rendition of international where like he changed the words a lot. Oh,
0: Billy
1: like, Bragg. His, yeah, yeah. For for a second I thought you were gonna mention like Billy Bragg, and I was like, no, Billy
0: Bragg is like not that good. <laughs> no, he's really not. I tried to give him a chance. I was like, okay, the international, his version of it, I'm sorry, sucked.
1: Yeah, yeah it's like, it takes out all the re- like the real hard confrontationalism that's like the point of the international.
0: Yeah, and you know... Like,
1: respect's, like respect makes the empires fall. That's not a good lyric. Like, that's like, what the fuck? <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. And yeah, okay, the English translation is a little bit cumbersome, you know, but... But it retains the original spirit and passion of the French version or the Russian version. Just sing it in one of those languages, you know, if you can't sing the English version.
1: Yeah, and that's, and that's something I notice when it comes to, like, uh, like songs that we translate into English from other languages. I'm sure it's the same the other way around for other, you know, for people who don't speak English, it's, like, these American or English songs are, like, impossible to translate into German or, like, Taiwanese or fucking whatever. Um, I, it's a pain in the ass. But, like, when you translate a song that's, like, from a pretty different language from yours into, like, your language, there's always going to be, like, changes that you're going to have to make, like, to the word choices, for example, um, where it's, like, okay, this translation, this, like, direct translation doesn't make sense, so you have to, like, kind of work your way around it. And that's something I noticed for the, uh, when it comes to the international, there's a lot of like work around because like the direction translations are too long, it's too many syllables. It's like, or it just doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, not at all. But um, I'm glad we agree on Solidarity Forever.
1: Yes, it is, it is a
0: dope song. Dope song. Awesome. Thank you, Byron. Thank you. Solidarity. Alright gang, we come to the end of the show. Please remember to support us at patreon.com backslash movement of color. And you know, bug us on Twitter at movement underscore color. So my name is Brandon Payton Carrillo. Thank you for the good times, and we'll see you next week. Of color. Adios. The movement of color.